Hey, it's Aldwin. And I'm Jason. This is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. We put our shit together so that we can entertain you. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Come back to life, Dick Edward. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? I, think, I feel like it's another ass comment, but... Jason Jason just called you on your bluff, and you, you came back and you called us an albatross? I don't know what that is. Do you know what this is? It's called entertainment in all caps. Time. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. What did you just do? <laughs> I'm Aldwin. I welcomed people to our show. I uh, I wasn't anticipating that. I, I felt like you had gotten into a groove of, you know, a standard welcome message. But, you know, you're, you're always full of surprises. <laughs> well, and speaking of surprises, that's, you know, <laughs> that's probably the best segue we've ever had because we... Wanted to give a little pre-discussion about our time with someone who has proven to be a little bit controversial and maybe somewhat not quite understood. I don't know. Yeah. Mr. Christian Harrison. Yeah. So we're excited to share with you his interview in a couple minutes, but wanted to chat with you about what that experience was like. You started that train, so you go. (laughs) (laughs) So in our season two promotion, I took it upon myself to do a video on TikTok to get people excited, you know, remind people that we weren't dead, that we were going to start season two. And, uh, you know, on the radar was Christian Harrison because, A, he posted the IG photo of himself with the 7 million abs. Remember that one? Mm Mm-hmm. And so, good one, caught fire. And then, of course, the controversy uh, over him not wearing a mask during a post mask. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Post match interview. So, you know, I included him in the TikTok, posted it to our IG, tagged him, said, you know, is he a snack or do people not think that he's a snack because of his, you know, uh, personal beliefs about mask wearing? And then he immediately message back with a snack exclamation mark (laughs) and since that first interaction it's it was it's been a free flow of communication between him and us don't you think yeah i mean he posted some photos of going out to dinner with his family in florida and i was like oh i remember what that was like going out for dinner (laughs) and he you know gave us his actual phone number so we could communicate with him directly to coordinate our interview and you know he pinged us to make sure we were watching the pospisil match right one (laughs) right so he's uh yeah he turned out to be i think um you know i i don't think you and i really had any thoughts either way it's just his first interactions with us and everything else after was um pretty nice and and led us to believe he was a sweet person and appreciated um you know what what he said to us was that he appreciated people who had a platform that promoted the sport and that was i think what um attracted him to come on our show uh, first and foremost yeah i mean you're going to see it for yourselves um just exactly what Jason said. You know, he loves it when people take it upon themselves to bring more light to the sport. And 
I mean, I guess what was what's been surprising for me in the aftermath is that you would imagine with high profile players that communication between them and a lowly little cute funny sarcastic podcast like ourselves would stop maybe if we bumped into them in a tournament in the future there'd be a little bit of a dialogue but he's been consistently reaching out which goes to show you that he's a man of his word and just a truly authentic person but i mean we didn't we got a lot of people sliding into our dms right Jay? <laughs> yes <laughs> Yes, I mean, even before when we posted a few stories letting people know we were um, having an interview with him um, and, you know, what were the questions that you wanted to ask him, people were, you know, a little bit, they were giving us the vomit emojis and <laughs> asking, you know, kind of dumb questions that made, you know, led us to believe they didn't really want us to talk to him or shouldn't be taking him so seriously. I mean, more than one person. I mean, several people. And even Christian acknowledges that. I mean, in his very first kind of reaching out to us when he said snack exclamation mark, he's like, but I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't agree. So, I mean, he understands himself that he's a fairly polemic figure. But I mean, I don't want to talk on your behalf, but, you know, you and I having this podcast, first and foremost, we want to have players on, period. We do. I mean, we. every player has a story. Every player has a history. Every player gets into some kind of kerfuffle or confusion or controversy. And, you know, if we have this platform for a player to come on willingly, kindly, with a lot of generosity to share his or her story, then why not have that person come on and share with, you know, all of you guys that, that listen, you know, so that you can make a decision for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's why there's different media outlets on all sides of the aisle um, with differing perspectives and opinions. And that's what we're here to offer. We're not, you know, giving our opinion one way or the other. We want to have a conversation with him about tennis and many other things um, and have you make your own opinion. And, you know, for the most part, uh, this was about tennis. We obviously asked him about um, the mask uh, issue, but we got into a whole lot more. And he, I think, revealed a lot about his career, his his injuries and, you know, the path forward, his optimism about that, which I think in light of all the things that he's gone through injury wise is pretty remarkable. Um, and, you know, the, the neighbor that lives close by. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Ho I mean, hopefully he can make that happen. He can facilitate <laughs> that to make that happen. What did you find um, the most, I guess, interesting? You know, I I always like when I, we have a player on to get access to that side of the player that, you know, the press, their fans may not necessarily see all the time. You know, these players spend so much time in their post-match interviews talking about like, you know, um, their preparation, their mindset during a match. I want to know what their day-to-day -day looks like when they're not playing tennis, when they're just with their friends. And mm -hmm. my favorite part of the interview was when he got a chance to kind of present that side of himself, what his favorite karaoke song was, <laughs> you know, what his turnout track at the club was. You know, that's the kind of stuff that make me make that player so much more... Um, 
approachable, so much more down to earth. And I just, I think that he had that in spades and I was just so happy that he got a chance to show that on, on the, in the interview. Were you a little bit shook by his <laughs> karaoke song choice? I mean, I, I was like, wow, I got, I, I want to see footage. <laughs> I mean, I, to say the person that he said, because that person that he said, that particular singer is my guardian angel. <laughs> so it made me want, think that he and I were meant to be together. <laughs> but uh, no, he's just a cool guy. He's a cool guy. You can tell. Yeah, I mean, and and like you said, even after, or maybe I said, <laughs> even after we had the interview, you know, he reached out unprompted to ask if we were watching Pospisil because we talked a little bit about, you know, um, Pospisil. And you'll hear um, a little bit about his relationship with that particular player, which I thought was very cool. And I liked also hearing about... Um, you know, that experience of a player at his level working mm-hmm. to his way up. And, you know, we're watching the Australian Open right now and we're watching um, the Russian player who's Karatsev. Now, Karatsev, who's now made the quarterfinal and he previously had only won three tour level matches. So, like, he's in in that sort of tier and you want somebody who, you know, has the desire, has had um, really bad luck regardless of you know what you might think about him you want that person who loves the sport and loves us for loving the sport and ha- and providing a platform to do to do well yeah so i mean those of you that are deciding to listen and i hope there's going to be a ton of you you're going to get clarification about the mask situation you're going to learn a whole lot about his personal history and his like fire and drive to continue and be successful in the sport that he loves And you're going to see a fun side of him that, you know, we had access to that he was comfortable enough and vulnerable enough to share with us that, you know, we're I mean, we're not here to change anyone's opinion about him, but uh, just to present who he is to the public as we saw it. And I think I think good job, partner. (laughs) We did a great job. I think that's it. What else is there to say? (laughs) That's I mean, other than like you, whoever believed in. Christian and I from the beginning, you guys are invited to the wedding. So, <laughs> <laughs> dum, dum, dum. <laughs> who's gonna be the bride? Oh, I think we know the answer. <laughs> On that note, enjoy the interview. Enjoy. Hey, this is Jeannie Bouchard, and you're listening to the Ready Play Tennis podcast. We're really happy to have uh, Christian Harrison, our first ATP player to uh, show up on our podcast. So thank you for hey, coming. Awesome. Hey, yeah, I'm happy to be the first. Hopefully, definitely not going to be the last. So thanks for having me. So Aldwin's a bit uh, embarrassed, um, but uh, we, we, we're pretty confident that um, some of your fans have probably called you a snack before, but we were wondering the last time that you were called a snack. <laughs> oh, you know, honestly, it's been a long, I haven't seen that terminology in a while. So that's why, you know, I was, I was kind of happy whenever I saw it. So then that's why I was like, oh, got to respond to that one. I like the terminology. So if, if so, it's, it's been a long time. I definitely don't remember it. <laughs> it's, um, it's a, it's a big term in our gay community to call people a snack or to tell you that you're snatched. So that's, okay. you know, well, that's I'll, I'll one of those it. things. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. 
So let me give you a little context, Christian. Uh, Jay and I, we are premiering our season two next Wednesday. Okay. And the video that you responded to was me doing like a little promotion. And I don't know whether you know this, but you have been kind of in the headlines. On Facebook, we have a GLTA message board, which is okay. Gay and Lesbian Tennis Association. Okay. And you, your results in delray beach and you know the controversy that kind of surrounded you mm-hmm. you like exploded, exploded oh, i didn't know that the- yeah. <laughs> okay Christian. yeah I, I don't even have facebook anymore so i didn't yeah i haven't been on i i was like messaging jason i'm like this christian harrison is like literally ruling facebook right now <laughs> so i did a promotional video being like okay let's get people engaged yeah Do you guys think that christian harrison is a snack or not okay so, and Honestly, your communication with us since then has been so easy and just something that we are not used to, to be honest. Yeah, well, I, you know, honestly, I like I like people, especially that just have a good interest in tennis. The people they want to get out the message of who the who the person is, you know. And I, and I really felt that, you know, obviously in your messages and and obviously just looking on the page. So that I was like, you know what, like I definitely, yeah, that that's why I definitely did didn't mind having contact and. Uh, Obviously, I appreciate the, the contact as well. So hopefully awesome. it's not the last time that uh, we all talk. Yeah, no, for sure. So I guess our first, or my first question is, like, mm-hmm. clearly you have a good engagement with the people that are following you mm-hmm. on your IG. Like, mm-hmm. do you like that kind of relationship? Do you often, like, message the people that are on your IG? Or, like, how does that work for you? Yeah, 100%, especially people that I feel like have, you know, the the wrong, the wrong maybe image, but they're also just a respect respectable person or they're just respectful with their messages um you know all the time because i definitely obviously i love tennis but i also just like think that there's a lot of important things outside of life i'm very passionate about everything i'm doing and i also just like you know just 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 talking and meeting people as well um so then i i definitely like to just engage with with people and uh you know definitely yeah yeah meet meet new friends and uh you know have a lot of relationships with people all around i think it's it's a very uh, positive thing, you know, for me, especially when I go to different cities all around. I think there was one guy from uh, Ireland now that I talked to. And it's like, yeah, when you come over, you know, maybe we can connect over there. And he's like, yeah, I got a, you know, a vacation home that you'll have to, you know, you're welcome to stay. So things like that, just from when you're, where you're just nice and you make friends, you can just help out random strangers all the time that, you know, I kind of enjoy that, that side of things and meeting people. Listen, I can't promise you. We neither Jason and I have vacation homes, so so that's okay. That that sometimes is just like gold once in a while. We're like low level, low level. Yeah, that's all right. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I was just gonna say, I'm moving into a two bedroom condo in a year, so you can (laughs) use the second bedroom. (laughs) Oh, that's all right too. (laughs) Well, uh, we appreciated. No, go ahead, Alden. I was gonna say we just wanted to say thank you because you said about us that you know you really appreciate podcasts that like yeah. to you know um illuminate tennis and like spread the the news about tennis and so we really appreciate that comment yeah, yeah. no i meant it yeah so thanks a lot as well we um wanted to chat with you about growing up with a fellow tennis player having a sibling mm-hmm. um aldwin and i feel a bit like we're siblings we've you know been okay. friends for the last six years and we Sisters. we have like a competitive rivalry. I'm on the losing end at the moment. Oh, when we, we get turn the tables. yeah, when we get back to playing tennis, <laughs> I'm hoping to turn the tables. But we wondered how your rivalry 
uh, rivalry with with Ryan. Wow, that's a tongue twister. Your <laughs> rivalry with Ryan went as you were kids, and sort of who who beat who. Well, obviously he was a couple years older, so it's tough. It's tough beating up your older brother. And I don't know if you guys, whenever I was like 10, 11, 12, 13, I did not grow. Like we grew at different ages. So he always had me by like a foot in size. So that was tough for me to turn those tables. But it was, uh, you know, obviously having your siblings or rivalries, we would find ways to make it competitive. You know, like if I was 10 years old, he was 12. We would play games to where I would have a slight lead, whether it be a set a game to 11, game to 15, because you find different ways to make it competitive for both people. And then we would always have a rivalry and we would find ways to make it at least competitive in those, in those standpoints. But obviously as we got older and, you know, then, you know, I've obviously started getting bigger as well. And then that would change a little bit, but now we're at the point where we're old enough or mature enough to where we obviously want each other to do well, but not at the expense of where it's so competitive that it, it ruins practices because there was definitely times when we were like 12, 13, 14, where it would get so competitive that we're fighting with each other. We're complaining. Dad's involved. Mom's involved. You're talking about it at the dinner table hours later. And then now we're, we're old enough. We're old enough now to where we, we can kind of, you know, be, keep it respectful and, and, and not take it to those links. Awesome. Um, so again, Jason and I, like, just like you and Ryan, Jason and I yeah. are doubles partners. Okay. Okay. Jason and I are doubles partners and you know, Jason and I have a particular dynamic as doubles partners. Yeah. He's the calm one and I'm, oh. the, I'm the, I'm the fucking crazy one. I'm the one that gets <laughs> so like if, if he misses, you're like throwing your racket and stuff like that. Listen, I'm not throwing my racket, but like, <laughs> for example, Jason loves down the line. He loves his down yeah. the line forehand. And I'm like, babe, you got to cross in doubles. You cannot hit down the line. Otherwise yeah. you're that shit down my face right so you can't leave if, me hanging yeah yeah exactly yeah. so like jason and i were wondering as a doubles question because yeah. obviously you had success with your brother you guys made the finals of del rey like yeah. what is that partnership like are you guys like who's the cool one who's the energetic one it's gone well definitely i think he would be it's it's because even in a singles he'll be more serious but when we play doubles together a lot of times he's more he'll be more like upbeat having fun and I think sometimes actually when I play double, we play doubles, like, like I might even be like a little bit more serious where he's definitely more relaxed, but we obviously we had, but that's also part of doubles. It's just having chemistry. And, you know, I think the, the best partners they're they're, they're not too serious. Like, like you're, you're intense, you're having fun, but you're, you're also like relaxed enough to where you don't have that pressure on your partner that, you know, that they don't have that freedom to like, to, to, to go and make a mistake because sometimes if somebody's too serious, it, it, it doesn't help out the partner. Um, you know, then we, we kind of learned that we, we played together so much too. Obviously, I think we, we've only played a couple of times on the pro tour. Like when we made the quarters at the open, that was in 2012. That was like one of our yeah. first times to play on the pro tour. And then unfortunately we just didn't get to play a lot after that. Cause I missed a lot of time. And then now, now it's at the point too, where we've just talked about it for so long. now that we're both healthy again, and we have those opportunities that it is fun every time we step out there um so we've definitely learned to be more relaxed especially now um so yeah it's awesome we we wanted to ask you a bit about um that time that you missed obviously you probably yeah. talked about it a lot and ad nauseum but when when i read about <clears throat> one of your first injuries that it was suspected was cancer and mm -hmm. i read a little bit about having to drill a hole in the bone in your leg yeah yep. can you tell us a little bit about that because that sounds yeah. like Full, yeah, weird and was, intense 
Yeah, so obviously it wasn't cancer, so it was a misdiagnosis. But what happened was, was I'd, I'd actually had a hamstring injury, which made me do an MRI. The hamstring injury was unrelated to the actual bone infection itself. I just suffered that in, uh, in the weight room doing training when I first got to IMG. And I had just gone into the weight room and never been there before. I was 14. Um, you know, so after I was in there a couple weeks, I, I started having this hamstring issue. I did an MRI and they're like, Hey, like, you know, we're not worried about your hamstring right now. We, we saw something on your bone that's like needs to be checked out. And so I go the next day, start doing more testing. And then they say, you know, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. Like we, we thought that it was a bone tumor at this time. So, but don't, uh, don't, don't stress it. We'll do a three month follow-up to be safe. So then didn't think much of it. Two months later, you know, all of a sudden I'm waking up every night and I'm just having excruciating pain with my, with my leg. And after like two weeks goes by, we call the doctor and we just like, Hey, we got to come and see you guys. Cause I'm, it's, it's my pain, legs in too much pain. And then by that time, that's when they re-looked at it and they're like, look like that area is doubled in size. They said it was, they think it's bone cancer at that point, just because of how rapidly this little area that they saw, I think it went from like five millimeters to like 11, you know, whatever. It was something like that where it had more than doubled. And then I had to do, uh, you know, go through more testing for the following, the following weeks. You know, I kept doing scans. It was inconclusive. Then eventually they did a bone biopsy. And then that's when they determined it was a bone infection. But you obviously had to wait, wait to get the results back because that took like, you know, another after doing all the testing, another, you know, a couple of weeks. So then obviously when we found out it was the bone infection, it was more of a relief. But then we still had to figure out the best way to treat that. And then ultimately it was they cut a hole the size of a dime pretty much all the way through the bone to take it out. And then I was just like on heavy antibiotics for six or seven months just so that in case they missed a little spot that the antibiotics could wipe it out or that no new infection came with, uh, you know, since the bone was pretty tender. And then that was the treatment process for it. But I, I haven't had any issues with it since. Well, that's wow. great. That's great. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, speaking about that particular treatment, I mean, if you Google Christian Harrison, one of the, can you hear me properly? Yeah, yeah I can. I yeah. can. Okay, good. Um, one of the headlines, like the consistent headline that comes up when you Google your name is Christian Harrison comes back from eight injuries. <laughs> oh, really? Like from, okay. eight, from eight surgeries. It's like you're synonymous with having done eight surgeries. So yeah. you know, when Jason and I were talking about you were like, fuck, honestly, if I was at my third surgery, I'd be done. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm like, no, I'm good. Yeah, tennis can, like tennis is good. So like, how do you like, what was it in you that was like, after the fifth, sixth, seventh, <sighs> I'm going to keep on going. I just always loved, I just really loved the sport. I loved uh, the passion that, that, you know, my, my dad obviously taught my brother and I, and um, just from how we saw him growing up, the passion and his work ethic, it just obviously, you know, kind of, we, we, we picked up on it. And so then I knew that, you know, I developed this passion for tennis when I was younger. And then I was still young enough to where I had all these goals and things that I wanted to do. And then once I was so injured, it just came, became like, I want to be healthy. And I just want to be playing again because I've taken for granted so much of just uh, um, <clears throat> just going to practice each day and actually not even competing at that point, just literally just hitting and feeling like feeling good from just working out and sweating. Like, um, you know, it, cha it changes your, your, your mindset for sure. We even though when you start playing and you're competitive, you don't always realize it. But then sometimes when you're calm or like even now, like I'll be home and then you kind of reminisce and you think back and you you kind of just, you know, you, you, you appreciate things uh, in a way. But um, I guess that's like honestly like a positive that I had. And I, I just knew that I was I love the sport too much to, to ever want to stop, you know, especially because I was so young at that time. Yeah.
I mean, Jason and I are like 40, and we're, we, we, still, we still think that we can make make it on the ATP tour. Hey, come on. You, you see how late guys are playing now? Roger's almost 40. Like, yeah, it's true. So it's, it's, never true. Too, it's never too late. I don't you know. Haven't, you haven't seen my forehand. So you haven't that's seen my a, forehand. That's it's too right. late for me. <laughs> uh, well, you got back on the court in Delray, and uh, you played the qualifying, and you had a tough – second round qualifying match yeah. that was almost three hours with one of your yeah. compatriots. Yep. So what, what's it like having that match and then knowing you're in the main draw, but just knowing that it's going to get tougher? Yeah. Well, on it, so in that match, I was actually up a set in five, two and had match point. And then I was, I, I just hadn't been in a main draw of an ATP match in so long. And of course, like I was thinking about it for one, just because my goal to go to, when I went to Delray was just to qualify. And then I, played just you know five tournaments now back starting my singles career again like after the last like year and a half layoff in those singles and I was like trying to tell myself oh well I've qualified at four events you know fifth one would be nice to qualify in the future challenge ATP and in a way like your, your mind just drifts away like sometimes when you're playing and then all of a sudden next thing I know like he started playing really well um, I got tight and then he started putting pressure on me definitely freed up and then all of a sudden I was in a battle and I was just like you know what like let me just get through, like, get through this match. Like, don't even think about the main draw yet. And then ultimately, like, I saw, I somehow got through that one because I was, that was like a really tough match. But then, and then after that, I just kind of freed up and I just wanted to just play good, good, good matches. And then that's all I started thinking about after that. And then I obviously got to win a couple matches and then it definitely helped my, my ranking a lot too. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, like, talking a little bit about, I actually want to ask you a question. When you say freeing up, right? Because every yeah. tennis player has, you know, that side, whether it's forehand, backhand, yeah. or ace. Like, what is that shot? What is that shot for you where you're like, oh, it's starting to really work? And like, you really feel like you're so loose and you can kind of do anything. Is that your forehand? Yeah, I, I would definitely say like, <clears throat> I'm definitely like pretty similar on both sides, but with the forehand being where you can generate more power definitely on days where I'm feeling more comfortable. I just feel like that's the side that you can be more deadly on. Um, I, I, I feel I make a lot of returns too. So that always like relaxes me just knowing that sometimes I react well off of their serve more better than most people. So that I'm like, you know what, sometimes even on days when I don't feel like too great with my ground strokes, I know that I can get some cheap points there when I need them just from like reacting off of a good return. Um, yeah. But yeah, so but yeah, definitely. I guess I would say yeah. My my forehand definitely. I'll I'll be able to use a lot more. Okay, great. So awesome. you, it it was interesting when you said earlier that um, you sort of took a moment in that qualifying match that you're about to get to the main draw. Yeah. But then you made it to the semis. So what what goes through your mind once you make it there? Are you, are you still trying to sort of, you know, play? play point to point or have you sort of yeah. over, overcome that or are you still yeah. thinking oh my god i could win this shit yeah are you thinking, well i, are you I was thinking like oh my god i'm gonna buy an ipad now <laughs> i was thinking about it. i was like you know what like maybe i can figure out how to work my camera on a video. <laughs> like, but no i uh honestly even at that point it still hasn't really hit me yet just because i went back and i was watching some of the ma the the matches and i just i really felt i started just feeling really comfortable on the court it was um, you know, during this whole last year, I, I think I'm pretty lucky that you guys can't really see it, but I'm, I'm on my balcony right now and I, I live walking distance from like just some private tennis courts. So this whole time I was actually able to just 
keep hitting and keep trying new stuff for my body. And I just felt like I made a lot of improvements this last year. So then now that I'm able to just play tournaments that, you know, I just, I, I just felt comfortable with everything I was doing. And then um, right now I just want to keep in my same routine and then just keep, keep trying to play tournaments and play that same way that I was playing in Delray. And then, you know, hopefully after six or seven months, I'll have more than just one, one tournament like that to look back on. So that, that's honestly really just my goal and what I'm, what I'm focused on. I'm definitely not trying to change anything right now. Yeah. I mean, like you're 26, you're 26, mm -hmm. right? Like yep. 26 yep. is young. So you're, you've got a long career still ahead of you. Yeah. Especially um, that's with how late these guys are playing too. And then obviously I would like to play a lot of doubles each week and then that you obviously can play later. And so, yeah, that's just kind of what I'm focused on right now. Awesome. So, I mean, listen, Christian, this wouldn't be a proper interview if we yep. didn't talk about the controversy that happened. Yeah, right? ask me whatever, right. ask me whatever, because I'm, yeah, I'm comfortable with it. Okay, awesome. You know, like I am, Jason and I were talking about it. Yeah. And again, the, just going back to the beginning <clears throat> of our interview, when you blew up on Facebook, um, our Facebook message board, yeah. people were literally coming for you as in oh, like, yeah. And I'm sure, and I'm sure you've seen it before. Like, you know, you're, you're an intelligent yeah. guy, you know what people are saying about you. And when we saw the messages that were coming in, you know, with like, um, you know, anti-masker and all of this, all of this stuff, it just really startled us because yeah. we necessarily didn't interpret it that way. So what yeah. actually happened? No, it was just, honestly, it was just more miscommunication and it's more, it's more something like anything, like I'll respect the rules of any, of any tournament you're at, especially like, like the ATP or anything. You, I don't always have to, people don't always have to agree with something, even if they're going to do it. Like, like, and it was like, at the time it was just something I didn't just didn't know it was a requirement, which is why I still did all these interviews after. Um, but it's just something too, that like, you just had a big win. I want people to see the expressions. And it was something where I was like, Oh, is it like face to face? Like, is anybody at like risk right in front of you? No, like you're, there's nobody around. So I was just like, Oh, I, I think in my case, it's just something where, you know, that like, like that it, no, nobody was at risk at that point. So then like, but then again, it's, you, you got to obviously respect the rules sometimes of the tournaments. And then that's what I did. Like obviously farther. And I, I was still doing that at that time. It's just, it was literally just like miscommunication on what's a requirement that you have to do. Mm -hmm. So that's what, yeah. It's not like you escaped. It's not like you escaped Russia like Sam Query. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't have to go, go, go anywhere like that. But yeah, that was. There's definitely been some crazy times in this last year. So what happened with the fine? Because you know, in Sam's example, he was fined a certain amount, and then they let him let him off for good behavior. You, were, I think, were to be fined three thousand dollars. But yeah, I, I. Yeah, I'd, I'd really, it's one of those things you have to go through the appeal process. And pretty much what I said on Insta, sometimes that takes a little bit longer, but it was just something where we talked the next day and it was just more like, yeah, it's just kind of miscommunication. Um, you know, do this and it, it, it should be okay. Uh, so then you're just kind of still waiting to hear. Because sometimes they, they actually, just because that happened, they have to take it out of the prize money, apparently. That was a rule that I didn't know about. Uh, that just regardless, but they're like, yeah, that's like normal procedures, just appeal it and then uh, just go from there. So I'm still kind of, I'm still waiting, waiting to see about it. But if so, like I said, like that was what I was told the, the following 
the following morning. And uh, the thing that I was just more like, yeah, I, I didn't intentionally do something like at a, at a tournament pretty much was like what I didn't like was what I heard from some of the commentators on TV where they were more like, yeah, you know, he was breaking rules and then they had to find him and get him in line because it was nothing like that where I'm like, well, okay, like who, like, like how, how does that just start getting run away with? Cause it was more like, did I choose not to do it at the time? Like, yeah. But was I like, saying that there's people around because I was like my exact words was like oh if there's people around going through a crowd I was like I understand like I, y'all, no problem at all but it was more like if we're doing this interview also outside then I'll just do that too so that we don't have to wait around like and then I went and did everything after I cooled down and you know so then that was it but then obviously I, I played five or six other matches and did all the interviews after that on the court just because like at that time it's it's a requirement so yeah okay that's great. yeah I mean people were in a heightened state of the world and everything gets to a heightened place so i think yeah yeah. and that's where i felt like too like even on like like how like it was running like taking the story i'm like you know what like obviously i feel like there's a duty too to be like accurate with some of the people that are like reporting so then i'm like you know what like if we're accurate like who who am i just to like just because it's on tv and no one's around but they're saying that you know like some other reporters and tennis were like oh everything communicates and then that seeing like so so where this mask can communicate but i'm like you know what if like people can see there's no one around like people should should have that freedom to make their judgment that nobody's at risk you know and then if they are like trying to troll it for not then i i think those people are just going to be upset with with anything you know at that point so then that's where i'm just more like i just want like obviously to use common sense and and show it because then if you're trying to make people do it all these times that aren't necessary then they're not going to do it at times that actually are necessary where you know that that's kind of like my 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 theory on it, like my take. But yeah. And sorry, just to add, that's the reason why you posted your that IG photo. It's the, it was the picture of you in front of the microphone, and there was literally no one around you. Yeah, at it that time, like, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, just because I'm like there was yeah there was and then that's it was more too just because like they I had heard that day during the match that they were that people had said something about like that I was just like out of line and just stuff like that which was just like it was just like out of i think that co- those contexts were out of comment or out of context pretty much um but yeah and then that's always like you know what this is what happened and then exact like exactly what happened and then i'm not really like ashamed about it or anything because i felt like I, I would just tell everything up front like like what it is and i think that people should obviously you know feel free to like give their opinions as long as it's not you know detrimental or like too crazy you know obviously then yeah, we definitely have some crazy people out there, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, w- one thing we wanted to ask you about, um, you know, obviously everybody's gearing up for the Australian Open and all the tournaments over there, the 800 tournaments that seem to be happening over there yeah. right now. Um, you know, we know the Masters events, the 500 events, but not a lot of us get to see the kinds of tournaments that you're playing at and that you're really yeah. sort of fighting to get to the yeah. the tour level events. So I wonder if you could like paint a bit of a picture of, you know, what it's like to play the challenger circuit and, and the ITF and try and, you know, work your way up to the tour level events. Yeah. It, it's tough because now it's just, you have to realize that there's so many good players that you like me, for instance, I'll go from Del Rey where there's a lot of recognition there. My next tournament to play is going to be a 25 in Naples, which is a futures. Just one, there's not many tournaments. Two, I still have to keep working on building my ranking as like I haven't really been able – I don't have a high ranking right now just because I only have five tournaments that I've on my record. Um, And then at those tournaments, it's just going to be a completely different environment. It's almost like 
a, you, you almost in a way have to look at it like it's a competitive practice because there's not going to be probably anybody watching. Um, there's going to be no streams or anything. It's just different. Um, but then again, it's more, you got to obviously have respect for all the players out there because there's more, there, there's, there's so many good players. Now the depth in the game is, has increased so much that you just have to accept that you're going to have to, uh, you know, fight through a lot of tough, uncomfortable situations until once you can get to these bigger tournaments all the time. And then obviously life becomes, you know, a little bit different in a lot of these tournaments. So it's, it's honestly just, I think the main thing I would say is just, you got to have the right mentality. So sometimes that that's the, the thing that players have to do. And they're the ones that are able to, once they sometimes have to like drop to challengers or futures, and then they understand that, then they're able to re re break back through pretty quick. And then sometimes people that I think are just like almost pissed or they're like, you know, they take it as a slight, they're back at those tournaments and then they forget almost all these steps that they had to take the first time through. And then they, they sometimes get restuck in there is what I, what I've kind of like seen or what I've noticed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I wanted to, um, I wanted to talk about uh, a tournament that you played last fall because we looked at your ATP tour yep. record. You were in Italy last fall. Yep. Yep. And you, I forget the name of the tournament, but you got through qualifying and you lost a really tough one against Cameron Nori. Yep. In the first round. Yeah. So yeah. kind of, to piggyback on Jason's question, like, you know, you work so hard to get through qualifying, you lose in the first round in a tough, in a tough three setter. And are you like, I'm just going to go eat some pasta now. Like, what, <laughs> yeah. like what, what's well, a sitch? After that one, I had, so I actually had so many pauses from that. Cause that was actually my first singles tournament in a year and a half. And I actually went over there with, and I was still playing singles at that time with the intentions of you know, I have like a, a protective ranking of 350 that can get me into some tournaments. I can use it eight times, but if I haven't done too well in these, I'm not, and my body's not feeling great because I've just been injured so much, then I'm still going to focus on doubles and just only play doubles. But mm. I had two, you know, good wins and in, in uh, qualifying where I won pretty comfortably. And then everybody on tour has a lot of respect for Cam's game just because he mm -hmm. he's a good player. He's got a great ranking and he makes you work for everything. And in that match, I just felt like, I was doing a lot of really good things. And then almost towards the end, I definitely like, I felt like more for me, it was more fatigue that, that, that I started feeling more in the end. Cause I was actually up three, one in the third. And then at that time I was just walking off like, you know what? Like I just need to keep playing. I think maybe now good things can happen. I'm just going to play every chance I can get and just keep focusing on just the things and practice and matches that are just going to allow me to play well. And then even at that time, cause even a challenger for there, like in, in, in Italy, like they'll, they'll have actually a, a good amount of people coming out. So then I was actually more motivated just because I felt, I felt just playing a competitive match again was just what I wanted at that time, regardless of who was there. So there's always, and I think that just goes back to like, you always got to find something positive or just something to like, you know, give you a little bit of uh, motivation to pump you up in, in any of these uh, scenarios or situations of these tournaments, even if they're just the ITF ones, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean that's got to be true because it, in most cases regardless of how far you get you're often paying your own way or you're maybe even yeah. losing you're losing yeah. money potentially <laughs> to get to that event yeah a hundred percent it's like now it's like at least this next future is in naples but obviously going from a 250 to a futures especially you just did good like i guess in this case i'll be like you know what like i'll have to just really focus in and you, you can then have like a little bit of pride if you if you go play these tournaments that you're supposed to do well in and you win a lot of matches. And I guess that's kind of what I'm, you know, would like to do 
now. Um, and then I can just tell myself, well, I just played a lot of qualifying. I took care of all these like matches five times in qualifying. So just keep doing it and just keep winning and just try to, you know, get a lot of matches and then good things just start to start to happen. So mm -hmm. that's, yeah. Well, you beat Christian Garen and you, yeah. you, you, you took, you know, her catch pretty yep. far in that match. So you have, yeah. you have an upside going a into these other events. Thank yeah. You. yeah. Thank you. So we're, we're almost going to wrap up, I think, but okay. we have a bit of a game and I'm going to okay. let Aldwin, I'm going to let Aldwin take, take over. Okay. Do you like, awesome. Do you, do you like games, Christian? You know, <laughs> depends on the game. <laughs> I don't play like PlayStation or anything like that. You're not like Curios, who's only playing video games. <laughs> no, I, I haven't even turned on a video game like that since I was 15 or 16. So Curios, Curios calls us albatrosses, so we we always try to rib on him a little bit. <laughs> oh, I see. For his so, entertainment. <laughs> yeah. So the game that we have for you, we it's our Ready Play Tennis podcast game. It's called the Changeover. <clears throat> okay. And so I'm going to give you a this or that. And what you have to do is like not really think about it and just tell us the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. okay. Rapid fire like your forehand. Uh-oh. Rap rapid fire like your forehand. Exactly, Jason, that's amazing. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Okay, yeah. Go. Forehand or backhand? Forehand. Serve or volley? Volley. Florida? Or flow rider, flow rider. <laughs> yes, that's the correct answer. Beard or no beard? Beard. Snack or meal? Snack. Yes. <laughs> Wimbledon or the U.S. Open? Wimbledon. Okay. On court, what's your what's your phrase that you say to yourself to pump yourself up? Let's go. Let's go. It's not, you're not a come on guy. No, nah, I just say, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's I have go. more. Okay. I, I don't know. It's like a little bit more edgy for me in my mind. It just, I feel like everyone says, come on. So I'm like, I don't know. For some reason it's let's go. I, 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 it's weird. I like it. I like it. Let's go. Okay. Uh, ATP tour best friend. Pospisil. Pospisil? Yeah. He lives, he lives like, we live like a hundred yards from each other in Florida. Shut Florida. up. Wow. Heck, man. Okay. Jason, Jason has something to ask you in a second. Hold on for okay. so we'll finish the game. Um, last thing that you texted Ryan, your brother. We we texted about the stock market. <laughs> Did you text <laughs> about the GameStop stuff? The game no, the, the no, video no, game? No. <laughs> okay. He doesn't um, play video games, remember? And then his response was <laughs> to text somebody else to get the info because ah. I was asking the info. He's like, I don't know, text Robert. <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay, right, uh, Christian, what's your Netflix binge watch? Ooh, I was, I was uh, watching uh, Peaky Blinders. It's a good. I one. don't know that one. Yeah, yeah. Peaky Blinders. Yeah, um, the Irish guy. The Irish yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the last thing that I was really watching. Okay. Next question. Pre-match rituals. Do you do any weird pre-match rituals? No, no. I just, I just warm up for ten minutes and then, then that's it. Yeah. I, I change it up all the time, though. I change. I literally change depending on the setting, the gym, uh, where it's at. If I can get outside and go somewhere like around and run with some like open space, I'll do that. You don't take like a, a comb and like comb your beard. So <laughs> Sometimes. <perfect>. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> um, any on court superstitions? 
yeah, just like I'll wipe my head and my arm four times sometimes. Yeah, I'll go through a phase where I'll just go like that four times. I'll go to my forehead to my arm. When though, like before your serve, like normally, yeah. When I'm when I'm serving, I'll go four times, and sometimes when I'm returning, I'll just go twice. <laughs> it just wow, okay. I, I always rush. I always rush, so it makes me sometimes take my time a little bit. But I I do it. I do it most matches. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have to watch for that. You'll have to notice <laughs> yeah. it next time. See, like, I, I love this because people are really getting a feel for who you are. Okay, yeah. okay, let's say, for example, you're in Toronto and we're like, okay, Christian, let's go to a karaoke bar. What is your karaoke song? Ooh, karaoke. I would honestly like Whitney Houston probably. Like, yes. I would like Whitney Houston songs. Oh, my God. <laughs> Christian like, Harris, you're a Whitney fan? Yeah, pretty, pretty big time. Nice. Yeah. You're you're because regaining once, once wait once though i it was my brother he was he did this charity event i was 18 and he was 20 it was in it was in 2012 right after the uh the u.s open and then he had a lot of people at this event in our hometown shreveport and then they had a live band and then her song i want to dance with somebody was like came on and then i went up and started singing it so then yeah so every time i think about karaoke i think about that song nice. i want to dance that's a good one that's a good one yeah. okay so so from the karaoke bar, we're going to take you to uh, a club. What's your turn up track? Like, what's that track that really like you, you go nuts for? Ooh, uh, it, it has to be, I like Chainsmoker or something just like this. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a good one. And the last question, Christian Harrison, is what's your number one goal for 2021? You know, honestly, just to stay, stay healthy and enjoy, stay healthy and enjoy life. That, that's it. I don't have any ranking goals, no tournament goals other than I, I, Honestly, I just got in a good routine this this last little little year with everything, and I just wanna I want to keep it and just yeah, just uh, just keep enjoying things. Cool. Well, we wish you you know great success. Hey, um, hey, likewise, likewise, and thanks for having me too. And any 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 time in the future too, would love to would love to talk. Cool. Um, Aldwin did say one thing that I wanted to touch on. Yeah, um, let's see. So uh, Vashik has a warm spot in my heart right here. Um, okay. If you could just like throw a tennis ball over and to his house and have him give us a call when he's back to come on our show, that'd be great. Sounds good. I'll, I'll mention it to him. Christian, sorry. You know what? Let me just, I, I, I this is my opportunity. I'm just going to give you the real, okay? Okay. Jason would leave his husband for Vashik. Now we know Vashik has got a smoking girlfriend, and that's not. Yeah, Lord, she's still cool. here right now. He might, <laughs> Lauren might get in a fight, but I know <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> but if you if you throw a ball over and just say, "Hey, come on the podcast," that would be great. Yeah, just tell awesome. me you had a good time. I will. I will. Hey, thanks for having me too. It was a good time. So keep in awesome. touch. Thanks, Christian. Have a have a good evening and hey, good luck in 2021. Hey, likewise. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye. See ya. We're here for your tennis-tainment, or your tentertainment, or whatever it is. But if you like what we're serving up, please give us a five-star review. And like, share, and subscribe, and like such as. Wait, one more thing. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ready Play Tennis Podcast.